0: Hello, my name is Jared Turner, and I'm the youth pastor for Axiom Youth. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And for all of you that are in central Arkansas, I wanted to let you know about a special event that's coming up this Friday, March 22nd, at Cornerstone Apostolic Church, 9500 Dollarway Road, Whitehall, Arkansas. Indiana Bible College Chosen is going to be with us leading worship for our Rise Up Youth Rally. And Brother Jason Galleon will be preaching. It's at 7.30, March 22nd. It's a Friday night. We hope to see you there. Welcome back to the Axiom Youth Podcast. This is a continuation of our series called Spell It Out, where the Jared Turner is addressing the important question of does race matter? Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy Today we're going to talk about uh, one of your questions from Spell It Out. Uh, I'm going to kind of expound on it a little bit more than what was asked, because the question that was asked, I'm just going to quote it to you, the question that was asked was, Were there black people in the Bible? (laughs) <laughs> That's the that was the that was the true question and and you know the answer the the short answer is absolutely yes there were black people in the Bible but the the answer to the question were there white people in the Bible is actually no there were no that we can tell I mean maybe there were some people that were kind of fair complected but as far as like we can tell there were no uh, white people in the Bible but there were people that was pretty pretty definitely clear were uh, from Ethiopia, the land of Cush. Moses was married to someone that was of an Ethiopian descent, and it caused a problem because people were prejudiced. In fact, his his own brother and sister were prejudiced against his wife because of the color of her skin, and the Lord judged them with a plague. Sister Nikki, what was it? A plague of leprosy? A plague of leprosy on their body and Moses had to pray for them. God said, you've got to make it right with Moses, and I'm going to give him the power to heal you. So when he says it's all right, then I'm going to heal you because God hates prejudice. So we're going to talk about does race matter? So I'm going to, I'm going to use this question from Spell It Out because I think it I think it's interesting. I mean, people are curious. Are there black people in the Bible or are there white people in the Bible? So what does how does the Bible relate to race? Because it's a big, big Topic. So we're going to talk about it for two weeks, and we're going to get a couple different perspectives. Uh, So I'm not going to be talking about it next week. Uh, Sister Hannah will be talking about it next week. But we're going to get uh, a couple of different perspectives on um, how what a biblical approach is, because we live in a world that is increasingly divided, increasingly divided, and we need to know what God's position is or what the Bible's position is on race. And specifically, because sometimes the Bible is actually accused of being racist. And sometimes God is actually accused of being racist. And I want to point out, I want, I want to distinguish some things, because we can't just use terms without knowing what they mean. We can't just use terms without knowing what they mean. That is a favorite thing in our society to do today. We take a term and we apply it to everything. And we say like a term like racist or racist comment. And we apply that, the, the news culture, the media, uh, the politicians, they apply that to so many things. And we need to know, is that a real application of that word, or anti-Semitism, or which is prejudice against Jewish people. They label that, whatever, this was anti-Semitic, this was anti-Semitic. Right, so we need to know what does the church believe in a big sense like that, but then we also need to know how to treat one another, how to treat one another. When people come into this youth group, we need to understand what God expects of us in that way. So we're, we're going to just really kind of dig into this topic in our mind and in our heart. And we're going to start with Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16. It's a very, very popular um, portion of Scripture. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Now that is like everybody loves that verse, because I'm not ashamed, and we love to, you know, kind of hold on to that verse, and it's the power of God unto salvation, and sometimes people don't even quote the last line, or if they quote it, they quote it really, really fast, or they just kind of run through it, and we don't ever address it and deal with it, because it's just a verse that we just, for I am not ashamed, we put our flag in the ground, and I'm not ashamed, the gospel is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. You know, the Jew first, also the Greek. All right, next verse. You know, we just run through it. But what does that to the Jew first and also to the Greek? So is God racist? Is God racist? Now, that's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question to think about. To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. So it seems like, because Jew and Greek, there is a race of some kind, and so we have to we have to kind of get at something here about what this distinction is that the Lord is talking about, and that Paul is dealing with here. And this is and this is where, this is how I'm going to approach this topic as kind of an introduction to this subject. Is I, I want to make I want to make an argument to you because did God create all races? I think that's my, I think that's my next slide. Is that my next slide? I can't remember what I put on my slide. Did God create all races? Did God create all is it next slide? Oh there you go. I, I forget I had that. Is the Bible a racist book? What's the answer? No. No. They just say yes, it's fake news. no, fake news. So, did God create all races? What do you think? All race, all all people. Did or is there is there a group of people that God did not create, or that God did not sanction, or that God did not allow, that God did not, you know, say I'm going to let these kind of people develop? And they're going to look this way. Did God? Is there? Is there a group of people? Because we have gone, we have lived through periods of time where peoples have said other peoples were cursed of God, or they were lesser forms of human beings, and they were not worthy of citizenship. They were not worthy of freedom. They were not even worthy of their life. Is is that? Did that come from God? What do we think. What do we think. Oh, yes. So the next question. Because here's, here's where I really want to make the distinction. Did God create all cultures? No. Very good. No. Did God create all cultures? So here's, this is where, this is, listen to me, this is where we have to make the distinction between what the apostles, because when I, when I was thinking about this and when I thought about this verse to the Jew first and also to the Greek, my argument is, is that this is not so much about the race or the color of someone's skin as it is about the culture in which they were steeped in. So this, th- that, that verse, it teaches us a principle that it's not so much about people's biology it's not about the, how much pigmentation they have in their skin. But it is what, what this is talking about is that there are some cultures that are more predisposed to being close to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And there are some cultures that have to come a little bit less than other cultures. And the example that was given to us in Scripture was the Jewish culture versus the Greek culture. So it wasn't so much about the Jewish biology versus the Greek biology, that God gave it only to the Jewish biology first, and then, you know, he kind of included the Greeks a little bit, you know, like like as a lesser people. That's not what it's talking about. But it's talking about culture because the word Greek there is not even referring to Greek people that live in Greece. It's referring to people that speak Greek. Because in that day, most everybody spoke Greek because it was the common language of the people that did not live in Israel. So it's it's a very clear to me, in my mind, it's very clear about clearly about culture because the Jewish culture was they believed in one God. They believed that they were waiting on the Messiah and that the Messiah would deliver them. They already had that belief in their system, right? They already had that belief in their heart and in their life. So they didn't have as far to go to understand that Jesus was the Messiah. But the Greeks, they believed in multiple gods the, when the Apostle Paul was preaching to a group of men in Athens, they had a temple, or, I mean, a statue to the unknown God, just in case they missed one. So they had all of these gods and they were just trying to cover their bases. So they had a lot further to go. So it, God came to the Jews. The Jews were preached to first because that's who he had worked through. But then as the gospel began to spread, it began to make inroads into these other cultures that had to come a little bit further. Because not all cultures are created equal. So when we're understanding race, when we're understanding how God works through different people groups, I want you to think of this triangle right here. Biology, culture, and perception. This is really where the differences are in uh, different people. Is there a biological difference between the races? What would you say? Yeah, there' a little bit. But is there a biological difference between me and Dalton? Yes. yes, nobody gets us confused. Nobody walks into a room and sees Dalton and says, hey, Brother Jared, sincerely. Right? We look different. There is a biological difference. But that is not the distinguishing feature of our character, of who we are. It's just it's, it's an outward appearance. It's an outward look. So to me, biology doesn't, doesn't really matter. It doesn't, it does, it's not really a determining factor when you think about different races. It, it's, it's just on the outward. It, it doesn't, it, people, are, I do not, because God created them, people do not manifest different characteristics or different traits in their behavior based on the color of their skin. It just doesn't happen. Doesn't matter whether you're tall, short, big feet, little feet, Dark skin, light skin, in the middle, big hair, little hair, it just they, no hair like me. It just it, That doesn't really matter when it comes to people's behavior. The biology just doesn't matter because God created everybody. And what do we know about God? That he is just. And he would not create somebody that has a biological inherency to go against him where they're less likely to be saved because God just doesn't do, because God is just. But the other thing that often gets kind of combined or put in with race is culture. Now, is we've already determined that God does not create culture. But if there are differences, broad differences between different people groups, those broad differences come from culture, not from biology. They come from a cultural difference, not from biology. So when you say things like all blank people do this, it's not because they are genetically inclined to do this, but it could be because their culture pushes them to do that. It's not just it's not like if you go into the jungles of the Amazon and you find cannibals. That, eat, that kill people and eat them. It's not because they were predisposed to be cannibals through their DNA and through their biology that they are cannibalistic people. But it's that they have lived in a culture that makes that kind of behavior acceptable and promoted. So they have pushed that kind of culture forward. And it's not so it would be unfair to say that all people that look like them behave in that way. Because it is not true. Because every stereotype that you could think of, there is somebody that does not fit that stereotype. That's why I push you for consistency when you say, all black people do this. Because that is not true. Now, maybe a lot of people in a culture, like in America, do that. But if you went to Africa, all black people do not do that. And all white people do this. Well, if you go to Iceland or Norway, not all white people act like Arkansas white people. Right? They're not going to be tucking their jeans into their boots with mud on it and driving massive trucks with pipes this big on it. All white people like drive trucks. So, but not all white people like to drive trucks. Right? You know what I mean? So for every stereotype that can be generally true, there's going to be somebody that stands out because it's not biological, because the color of my skin does not determine my action. But culture is a huge determinant on my action. So in, in this respect, when it comes between biology and culture, race is just a construction of our mind. It's just a construction of our mind. And Jesus has called us to break down that structure of the mind and say, I've created you all the same and I've called you into the same culture. So there, there should be no difference because I created you all the same because I created you all with the same DNA and the same biology. And you all have different cultures and different family upbringings and different raisings across the whole world. But I've called you to the same culture and you don't get a pass for the culture that you are in. If you're a missionary, you've got to go into the jungle and preach to the cannibal, just like you would go into the city and preach to the business professional. And you've got to get them to come out and say, you know what? I don't care that this is what you wear, nothing, and that you eat other people and that's your culture. You've been called to do something else. You've been called to look more like Christ. Christ. Just like you would go into the, uh, suburban Illinois and preach to the father of two and say, I, you know, I know this is your culture, but you've got to come out and you've got to look like Christ. And there are going to be some cultures that are already predispositioned to not have to take such a big step. The cannibal going to have to take a much larger step to get to Jesus than the person that lives in the suburbs in the United States that is married with two kids. They might ha- they're going to have to give up some things, but it's going to be a little bit less of a step. So to the Jew first and also to the Greek the Jews just had to take one little step and the Greeks had to completely break free of the shackles of this whole structure of falsehood that they had lived in and it wasn't about how they were DNA structured to live for God it was that some people have to walk a little bit further but the power of the Holy Ghost is strong enough to break through everything and every culture has their own bonds. So a person that is so far from God, we think that God could never reach them, but because they're so far from God and they're so desperate, they might be willing to say, okay, I'm willing to give up everything. And the person that goes to church but doesn't really take it seriously and doesn't really pray and doesn't really have the Holy Ghost and doesn't really know anything about God, you might be trying to give them a Bible, and they're saying, uh-uh, I'm good enough. My, look how good my life is. I've got two cars, a garage, kids. I've got a nice house and yard, dog in it. I'm good. So everybody has their struggle, and God reaches everybody where they are at, and race plays no part in it. So really this line between biology and culture is just constructed in our mind. It is not true. So race, in that sense, does not matter. When it comes to Jesus Christ, race does not matter because he created you all the same and he calls you to the same culture. And you can't say, oh, this is just what I do because I am white. No. I don't care if it's in white culture or not. I've got to conform to Christ's culture. To Christ's culture. Oh, this is what everybody does in my... No, I've got to conform to who Christ wants me to be. Culture doesn't matter when it comes to what Jesus is calling you to do. And who Jesus is calling you to be. I I worked as as a valet... Uh, so I parked cars for people, and when I got to the company that I worked for, it was the culture to steal. Everybody did it. I had some even apostolic friends that worked there before me. They said, "Oh, the manager doesn't care. We can, we do this. We just, we you would pull your tips together, so like you'd put all your money together and then divide it equally amongst everybody. And so what you would do is you just get together, and you say you divide it up. We all made seventy dollars." And then when we would leave, we had to punch in how many tips we made. And we would say $15. I wouldn't, but the, they would say $15. And see, what would happen is, is if you only made $15 in tips, the company would have to pay you more per hour to make you meet minimum wage. But if you made $70, they would pay you less. So you had like a, a base rate of like 3 bucks an hour. And if you made not enough tips, you would get like maybe 5 bucks an hour for that night. So people would pocket the money, report less, and get more money from the company. And also, when people would come in with uh, cash to pay for their car, they would just keep the cash and throw the ticket away and act like that car was never parked with us. And it was the culture, and everybody did it, and apparently the manager didn't seem to care because just as long as the customer was happy, we were happy. So I came into that. Everybody's doing it. It's what valet parkers do. We all steal we all are a little dishonest. The company can afford it, it's just what we do. But I had to make a decision that that's not my culture because I'm not primarily a valet parker that does what everybody else does. I am first a Christian. And so what I did is I started reporting all my tips, which then would alert the upper management that other guys weren't reporting all theirs. And so then everybody had to start reporting their tips. And it's not because I'm so righteous. It's not. It's because I was taught that lying and stealing send you to hell. And so I knew that 50 bucks was not worth my eternal soul. And so it pulled me to say, you know what? I'm going to shake free of this culture that is sinful. And everybody's doing it, doesn't seem to harm anybody, but it is sinful. And I'm not going to do it because I had a stronger culture calling me. The culture of Jesus Christ. And so that is where the church stands on the issue of race. All people are created equal and all people need to conform to the same culture. Does that mean we'll all like the same things? No, we won't all like the same music. But we can't like ungodly music, whether it's twangy country or hip hop. If it's ungodly lyrics, we've got to say that's not part of our culture. We, we've got to distance ourselves from that as Christians. You can't say, well, this is just what everybody this is what everybody listens to. Everybody listens to country music. I live in Arkansas. Everybody listens. You no, know, if it's got ungodly lyrics, we have to say, no, that's got to die. It can't be. You can't say that. Well, it's just part of who I am. No, it can't be because Jesus has called you to be something different than your culture. So when you when these these buzzwords about racism, about all this kind of stuff, we have to we have to as the church, we have to think what is cultural. And then what is the way people perceive you now, this is this because I'm not I'm not trying to say that. Race is never an issue because it has been in our past A long time. Because the way people perceive you. They can look at the color of your skin. And make a determination about who you are. And that is sinful. So does race matter? Not in biology. Not in culture. Because we've been called into the same culture. The culture of Jesus Christ. But it does come into play. as where people perceive you. And this is where. As a youth group, we've got to be careful that we do not judge people based on their appearance. Where we do not look on people that come in, visitors that come in, and think that we know everything about their life based on what they, how they identify. Because you don't know how God is working on that person. And yes, they may have a culture that does not line up with our culture, but that's why we are here as a youth group to create culture. We're not trying to be a bunch of different people. We're trying to be the same in Jesus Christ. Now, we'll have our different tastes, our different uh, likes, our different uh, opinions. But on the things that really matter, we're coming together to be unified in the culture of Jesus Christ. And saying we do not judge people based on the color of their skin. But we look at culture and say, I need you to come closer to Jesus' culture, and you need to come close to this culture. So the judgment that occurs in church where somebody looks and looks at your attitude or looks at the what you do, it's not all because of the color of your skin. It is about the culture that you are in. But we have to be sensitive to the fact that people have been prejudged before based on the color of their skin, and that is sinful. Because there is no difference biologically, only culturally, and everybody's culture is not Christian. If you just leave, I don't care if you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian. If you just live in the mainstream culture of whatever race you identify with, you will not be a Christian. Every culture has to be called out to live for Christ. Some may look a little closer. right? If you have a culture that values work ethic, gets up early keeps a job, gets married, doesn't have an affair. That's closer to a Christian culture than a culture that promotes not having a job, that promotes begging, handouts, that promotes um, whatever, maybe not marriage, maybe living with multiple people, having relationship with multiple, I don't know, whatever culture you could think of. Way back, we go to our extreme case, the cannibalism. That's going to be a lot further than a culture that values marriage and family. But it doesn't mean that one particular race has a corner on the market of being close to God. That's just not true. Every culture has to break free and come toward Jesus Christ. But perception does matter. We've got to make sure that we fight that. So that's why I do not like racist jokes. Even if you are joking. Because it plays on a real problem that we have in our country and even in our city, of saying, well, all people do this. All black people do this. All white people do this. Because that creates a perception that when you see somebody else, you think of how they're going to behave, which is not true. They are not predisposed to behave in that way just because they look a certain skin color. So that is where race does matter, is that we have to fight against perceiving people in the wrong way. And when you hear somebody make a joke like that, say, that's not cool. We don't do that in Axiom Youth. We're creating another culture, not one that automatically identifies you as white, black, Hispanic, whatever. You are a Christian, and we are conforming to the same culture. And we are serving the Lord Together. Next slide. I have a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. One of his most famous quotes. He said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Or by the culture that they exhibit outward. By the culture that they push forward. So he had it right. That it's not, it's not a prejudgment based on what you look like on the outside. Because this mirrors a verse in 1 Samuel. Next slide. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord... Looketh on the heart. So every action has to be brought under the judgment of God. But God does not judge based on these outward appearances. And what people can perceive about you. But God looks on the content of your character. God looks on the heart. God looks on what kind of person are you becoming? So here's what we need to do. As a youth group, we need to make sure that we do not keep division by making fun of people for how they look, for the color of their skin, for their height, for their weight, whatever it is. What we do not make fun of people based on that. But that we do recognize that there are cultural and there are character issues that have to be addressed and that will not be tolerated. It doesn't matter whether it's tolerated at home or tolerated at school. If it's against the Bible, it cannot be tolerated in this youth group. It cannot be tolerated in the church. There's going to be types of entertainment that even if it's mainstream at school, it cannot be mainstream in this youth group. I don't, it doesn't matter if it's mainstream at home, if it's mainstream at family reunions, if it is not Christian, it cannot be in your life. It cannot be in your life. It doesn't even matter. And, and, and we all, and you're all going to have to go through this because you're, God's going to call you to be your own Christian. And there's going to be some things that maybe even your parents are okay with that you're going to say, I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to. And that then that shows that you're growing in maturity. I'm not saying that's everybody's case. But you're going to have to kind of step out and kind of become your get get some of your own convictions, not in an ugly, self-righteous way, but in a way that shows you're growing in maturity and saying that I'm going to conform my life to the culture of Jesus Christ. And just because it was okay when I was growing up doesn't mean it's going to be okay for me going forward because God may be dealing with me, because like Sister Olivia said, I may need to start listening to the voice of God. And God may be working on me and say, hey, I don't like that. I know everybody around you is doing it, but I don't like that. I know it may be neutral for somebody else, but for you, I'm looking for something different out of you. I'm looking for something different out of your life. I've called you for something. And I know people may judge you or may perceive that you're unworthy. This verse is, of course, talking about David's older brother because God had refused his older, stronger brothers for him who was rejected because of his appearance. And so, yeah, you're going to have to push against some kind of persecution sometimes. Maybe it's because of the color of your skin or maybe it's because the identity that's been labeled on you oh you're a dunce oh you are clumsy or you're never going to do anything or you're a bad kid or you're this or that and people make a prejudgment based on some outward thing but God is working deep in your heart and you're going to have to push off that and say I'm going to conform my life to the culture of Jesus Christ so that God can use me that makes sense So we've got to stop the division thing and the jokes and the and the pushing back and forth. And we've got to become unified to the culture of Jesus Christ. How can two walk together unless they agree, the Bible says. So we've got to make sure that we agree in culture. We've got to have a singular culture here. And when culture becomes the same. Race just becomes. Almost is eradicated. Not outside. There will always be people that perceive you differently. Or that try to pull you back into the old things. But in here. God can literally erase. The race issue. Because we become unified in culture. And we do not perceive people based on the color of their skin. But because we are unified in culture. We become one in him. A part of the body of Christ. So does race matter? In heaven the answer is. No, race will not matter. It will not matter one bit unified in heaven. So let's, I want you to bow your head. We're going to pray in dismissal. God, I'm thankful for this group. I'm thankful, Lord, for these young people. I'm thankful, Lord, that they have committed their life to you and that you are working on each of us to shed the old habits of our culture and come into a new culture in you. I pray that you would help this youth group to be unified. Lord, let there be no prejudice, let there be no division here, but help us to be unified in the pursuit of one goal, and that is the kingdom of God above all else. I pray that you would use these young people in a mighty way to be unifiers, to be examples that stand for righteousness in this day of unrighteousness and division. I pray, God, that you would help us and that you would guide us and bless us in Jesus' name. This has been an episode of Axiom Youth Student Ministries. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you've enjoyed and we hope you'll come back for the next one. Thank you for tuning in.